0: Get you some radio. When,
1: when a reporter is going out to get a story, they're not trying to sell you anything. They're not trying to sell you advertising. They're not trying to sell you a product. They're there to get the story. And that's what makes it so uh, appealing to people. People want to hear the story. So the minute you have an, ulti- an ulterior motive behind there, oh, I'm only having this conversation with you because I want to sell you something, you tarnish it. So I, to answer your question for a car salesman, I think the car salesman has to genuinely want to get people's story out. And if he can do that, if, if he or she can do that consistently, what will happen is people will tune into that content and they will learn to trust you. And then when they need to buy a car or someone says, I'd like, I, I need to buy a car. Do you recommend anyone? Pfft, go see my man, Terry Lancaster. He's awesome. He will, because I trust you. So, You do have to be genuine in your in your motive, because people intuitively sense when you're not. No, no,
0: no! Your weekly dose of inspiration, Inspiration. inspiration, perspiration, perspiration. perspiration. and just the right amount of bull defecation. Ah! The Getcha Some Radio Show with your host, the Vice President of Making Shit Happen, Terry Lancaster. Microphone check. one, two, one, two. Welcome back to the Get You Some Radio Show. I am Terry Lancaster, same as it ever was, and welcome to another edition. These are the Get You Some Studios, and today's guest on the show is my buddy Ryan Girardi. So we're doing a kind of an about face. I've been uh, I've been on Ryan's shows a bunch of times, and Ryan has a bunch of shows. If you've been watching the Get You Some Radio show, then we know we, I talk a lot about social selling and using social media and, uh, and, and the tools and technologies that we have now to promote yourself as salespeople to get out there. Well, Ryan's been doing exactly that. He was he was country when country wasn't cool. He's been doing this a long, long time. One of the very first people I'd ever heard of that had created a, a blog cast or whatever. I don't even know what it was called back then in the dark ages of the, uh, of the, internet, uh, in the, uh, the internet era. But he's been doing it. And we're going to talk with Ryan today about every individual salesperson, entrepreneur, business person, and brand becoming their own media company, setting yourself up, just like a television station, just like an advertising network, just like ABC, NBC, CBS, becoming your own media company, delivering your message to your audience. We'll be back with Ryan right after this. Make more friends. Sell more cars. 97% of car shoppers say they would prefer to know their salesperson before they ever set foot in the dealership. People buy from people they know, like and Trust and they refer their family and friends to people they know, like, and trust. Visit TerryLancaster.org to learn how your sales staff can get more reviews, more referrals, and more repeat business by building better, stronger, more authentic relationships online and in real life. TerryLancaster.org Ryan Girardi, what's going on, my brother? Terry
1: Lancaster, man. Great to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, I, I appreciate you, and I appreciate everything you've been doing. So well, I, I don't, don't normally do this, but you have been... Uh, you ha- I like to get into the meat of things before I get into the backstory, but your backstory is is the story because you, you've been doing this for a long time. When did you first start creating video blogs, and what did you call them? What was the deal with that?
1: Man, it's funny. It's hard to go back to where to start. I uh, You know... My first video like film experience was a super eight millimeter camera. That's <laughs> how I first got into to actually filming. It had no sound. This was late nineties. I bought it at some sort of antique show or you know, antique store and I just started filming. And then from there I got when when handy cams got modernized in like the early two thousands. Right. I bought this so I bought the best consumer grade handy cam you could get it was about eight hundred bucks. I was living in Portland, Oregon, working for HomeNet. We had just sold our product to Chrome and so I bought this camera and at that time, I would typically do what i 'd call voyeuristic type video i would I would film people from far away so they couldn 't see that they were because I wanted them in their natural element right so that 's how I got into making video, but I think to answer your question about video blogging uh, that would have to have started in late 2000s like 2008 uh, before webinars were really a thing i would conduct these webinars for my blog at the time which was blog pro automotive it just mm-hmm. sunset and so i started doing one webinar like a month and then i would do two a month and then i did three a month and next thing i know i was doing a webinar twice a week <laughs> and that's how I grew my blog and my database is I would invite people just like this and they'd come on and they'd invite their friends to watch the webinar and people would register there's no such thing at the time as live streaming and so that's how we built I built my uh, my initial network and base of subscribers was through webinar marketing
0: for what purpose were you doing this what was what was what was the intent what was the end game
1: So I think that's the best question to ask is why are you doing what you're doing? And at the time I just felt I had been blogging at that time for a couple of years and and this is like 2007, 2008. Yeah. I just kind of been blogging for a little over a year or two. And I felt like, what am I going to do to get people engaged to get people interested and I just felt that video was the way to go. And so I started doing these webinars. So it really served a few purposes. It, it was a networking tool that allowed me to do exactly what you and I are doing here. It's, it's, get, it's building rapport. It's building relationships. It's knowledge transfer. And, and it had a marketing component in that it engaged people. It created subscriptions, website traffic, all that stuff.
0: Right. And so, so you were creating a blog before that. And it was called Blog Pro. What were you writing about? At that time blog pro automotive was was
1: all automotive. In fact, I had launched it in the summer of 2006 and at the time I was the COO for HomeNet. You probably remember HomeNet, a inventory company that yeah. got acquired by AutoTrader and it was controversial to it was controversial to my staff, my management staff because as COO of that company, I knew a lot of inside information. And it, blogging was such a new concept. So mm-hmm. people looked at it as a kind of a violation of, of privacy. Uh, but, you know, I, I just wanted to have a, an outlet. I've, I've always loved writing. I've always loved producing. And that just, once I realized that blogging was not a trend, that it was really kind of a permanent fixture to the, the, the digital experience, I just, I launched the blog and I just started blogging. that's how I met uh, a lot of people I know today, including uh Jeff Kirshner, a uh, mm-hmm. Dealer Fresh. He w- he was one of three or four people at the time that had blogs. Yeah. He was about a year into it as well. So it's great. It was just for networking.
0: Just for and, and that's what that's what I hear a lot that uh well I heard the specific. I heard it specifically about podcasting, but about everything that uh podcasting is is the new networking because it uh because every, every, every show that I do, every, uh, every event that I'm on, every webinar, every webcast, every blog, every podcast, it really has three audiences, three constituencies, if you were. I have, I'm there for myself. I want something to happen for me. I'm there for the audience. I want something good to happen for them, but I'm also there for the guests. I want something good to happen for the guests. So it's really a a triad of you know a triumvirate of of people who are coming together, each of whom has their own kind of agenda, and they're 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 trying to make something positive happen. Um, so and we, we we talked about about. About creating your own media company, go into that concept because this—you've actually created now a media company. You've gone—you've gone from your Super 8 cameras staring in the window like you know an Alfred Hitchcock movie, and now, and now you've actually had this media company where you're doing multiple, multiple, multiple shows a day, multiple streams, streams a day, and you have a lot going on. You have created a media company. How did that come about, and how does that help the average salesperson on the street?
1: So. The short answer is with, I think just like technology should solve business problems, uh, you know, business should solve other, it needs to solve problems. So it's not like I sat down and said, Hey, let's launch a media company. Uh, I'm using media to solve different problems. And one of those problems is scalability. How do you manage, uh, you know, hundreds, let alone thousands of relationships. So if you look at pop culture, I think, and, 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 the entertainment business, right? You, you, they'll pour millions upon millions of dollars into producing a movie, hundreds of thousands of dollars into producing music. You make that investment of time and money so that it, it can be consumed and enjoyed by thousands if not millions of people over time. It's a good investment, and it's scalable. It's not easy to create that type of content. So with business, if you think of the math, and If you look at it from a salesperson standpoint, a really effective salesperson, let's just say an inside salesperson, or if you're a business owner and you need to sell your product you know, for your business, if all you did was call people, if all, let's actually back up. If all you did was walk the streets and knock on doors, how many businesses, how many people can you approach in a given period? And, and let's just say a five-hour or an eight-hour day, whatever you want that to be, there's a finite number of people that you can reach physically. The phone is that next level of scalability. So I think a good phone person should be able to manage 300 to 500 relationships or contacts, really, uh, in a 30-day period. And that's, but that has a limit. There's only so many people you can call and talk to. That's why email became what it is because you could reach so many people so in much scalable fashion but email as we know is not a marketing tool anymore. It's not a it's not a it's not an effective means for maybe connecting and engaging. It's just a it's more of a branding tool if anything. So I think that's where media, live streaming, video, podcasting comes into play. It allows you to have a personable experience that's Voice and face it's, it's, it's the next best thing uh, The closest equivalent to breaking bread And shaking hands with somebody
0: yeah, that's what I would say. It's it's if I'm doing a, if I'm on video, and that's why I love video. Video is eyeball to eyeball, belly to belly, toe to toe. It's you know you, you're you're looking there. You can see the inflections in people's faces. You can see if they're smiling. You can see if they're making eye contact. You can see if they're wandering around nervous, tugging at their tie. It, it, there's lots of cues that you get that you're never going to pick up in an email or uh, even even a phone call for that matter. So there's a there's a greater degree of um, of, of personality that you that you can place into it and uh, so humanity for for lack of a better term but the problem then is with each each step of technology when you go from knocking on the door to making the phone call to making the emails to doing a podcast to doing videos to producing late night with David Letterman you know with every every step of the way as you're increasing the technology there's a tendency to maybe to remove some of the humanity out of it, and people are so interested, especially with email and uh, and and marketing. Marketing automation has gotten to be such a uh, such a trend, and people people go all out to automate everything. But every every step that they're automating is is removing some of the humanity. So how do you use this technology? How do you produce this? How do you brand yourself and create this media company and maintain personal connections one to one? The personal
1: connections to me are, are one-to-one. You, you and I have been collaborating now for a year and you can tell I'm very one-on-one collaborative. Uh, and when you when you lock in with a person, <laughs> a person who mutually collaborates with you, I think that's where you need to focus. And it's a great problem to have when you can't actually keep up with everybody that you want to collaborate with. So what happens is, there might be people I want to be collaborating with, but they're not necessarily responding to my frequency. And so you have to do your due diligence to to, to make sure they know that you're trying to collaborate with them, but there's only so much you can do. Mm-hmm. At some point you have to focus on the people that are responding to you. And it, it again it goes back to that to that scalability. To me, when you bring up automation uh, and scalability, the the goal of that the goal of automation the goal of scalability isn't to eliminate the the human the the human aspect of it it's it's a it's a filter and a proxy in a lot of ways but ultimately business progress it all comes down to to the relationships that you're forming and who you're collaborating with and when you get people to collaborate like yourself i mean what you've done you know with me over the past year i, I you can't ask more of that from anyone. So I'll take this time to say, hey, thanks for all, all that you've done for me this past year.
0: Well, it, it, it's it's reciprocal, and I, you know, and so I've I've tried to explain this. I, I work a lot, as you know, with with automotive salespeople, and that's that's kind of my thing. Is I, I I I'm I'm encouraging automotive salespeople to to become media companies to to create their 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 networks and to create their audience through the use of the technology. And I I had this conversation, so I'm I'm talking to a salesperson, and uh, I'm I'm trying to get him just go out and interview some local local business people and. And that's, there's there's a, there's a funny switch because salespeople are taught to sell. We're closers, baby. We're 10 times this. We're all in. We're charge, charge, charge. We're trial balloon. What can I do to get you in this car today? And we want to sell. And a lot of what you're talking about, a lot of what we're doing isn't immediately a sale. It's gonna to lead to, to money down the line, but the first thing it's gonna do is build a relationship. So I tell them, you know, go out and interview the person from the you know the, the local coffee shop. Go next door and talk to the person at the local coffee shop, put them on a, on camera with you and y'all y'all talk about talk about anything, talk about the local community, but just get out there and and get them on camera and kind of and kind of raise them up and make them the star and, and they want to know, well, how does that help me sell cars? Right. So how does that help them sell cars? I can't speak to I
1: can't speak to how it helps you sell cars from a personal experience but I can in in theory because if you think of a media company going out and doing journalism and I know you have a journalistic background that's what you got your degree in when when a reporter is going out to get a story they're not trying to sell you anything they're not trying to sell you advertising they're not trying to sell you a product they're there to get the story and that's what makes it so uh, appealing to people. People want to hear the story. So the minute you have an, ulti- an ulterior motive behind there, oh, I'm only having this conversation with you because I want to sell you something, you tarnish it. So I, to answer your question for a car salesman, I think the car salesman has to genuinely want to get people's story out. And if he can do that, if, if he or she can do that consistently, what will happen is people will tune into that content and they will learn to trust you. And then, when they need to buy a car, or someone says, "I'd like, I, I need to buy a car," do you recommend anyone? <sighs> Go see my man Terry Lancaster. He's awesome. He will because I trust you. So you do have to be genuine in your in your motive, because people intuitively sense when you're not
0: yeah uh they, yeah I, I want to backtrack a second before I, before i forget because you talked about uh when you were when you were with homenet and uh you were coo and they they were wary of uh, of what you what you were doing and they they really didn't want you uh they they were, they were uncomfortable with with this idea of you of you presenting yourself and of of possibly leaking out you know the, their their great their great secrets and that was you know 10 12 years ago and it's still an ongoing problem there are there are car dealerships who don't want their salespeople doing this uh, it's, a, it's a huge problem in the financial industry financials that they've got they're such regulation driven that uh, you know I know I know financial people who, who want to, who want to do a podcast who want to do a blog who want to create videos and they, they, they just literally can't because their company won't let them even if they uh, even if they you know I tell them you know people everyone loves cookies do a podcast about cookies it's not you don't necessarily have to get financial information you need to create an audience and create relationships but uh, even still a lot of the powers that be are just so uncomfortable with uh, with this whole idea why is, why is it so hard for some people to to, to to get their minds wrapped around this
1: well the short answer for that is just it's 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 a misunderstanding or a lack of understanding, uh, or it's an an ignorance, if you will, of what is what. It's a tough spot to be in when you are beholden to an employer. It's one of the things that I think probably may or may not propel you, but it certainly motivates me to be self-employed, is because I'm not beholden to an employer. I hate the idea that I can't do something for myself if it's beneficial to me and my and my profession, there's, there are sensitivities. People can, you know, be in sensitive positions. Uh, if you work for the CIA, you're in a sensitive position and that's just a, a very extreme example. So, but there's always, I would argue, there's always something you can do at in, in media, in creativity that does not jeopardize or threaten your, your position. But if you, if you apply, I work for a car dealership, I'm a salesperson and I want to use media to, to gain exposure and, and build customers. If, if your employer is like, absolutely not, you can't do this. To me, that's a warning sign that you need to go find a place that that'll support what you need to do because that, that business that you're with is, is already way behind, way behind the times.
0: Yeah, but like I said, unfortunately, there are entire industries that that are behind behind the times and and, and really show show no signs of, of of changing. So if you were if if you were a salesperson, you know, or, or an entrepreneur, so you had complete freedom. And uh, and this, uh, w- w- I, w- you and I talk about this some other time. But uh, uh, some some entre- I think a true entrepreneur is what I consider a true entrepreneur doesn't have any choice about being an entrepreneur. We are where we are because. There's absolutely no way we can get up and go ask some boss for permission to for, to do something. It's just it, it's not it's not it's not in our genes to do that. And uh, but if you if you are one of these people who has you have you have an understanding boss or you have complete freedom to, to do some of this stuff. Where do you where would you get started? You you started with blogging and you went into uh, to vlogging and and now you're doing uh, you're you're doing live streams and you're doing podcasts and you're doing videos there's there's so much and we have so many opportunities and there's so many vehicles to take where do we get started if we, if we want to create you know Terry well I actually have terrylancaster.tv but if we want to create our own media presence where do we start what's the what's the first thing that we do so
1: there's there's definitely no right or wrong answer i think to that question you have to start somewhere right <laughs> the yeah. the greatest journey starts with the first step you have to start somewhere you can't you can't accomplish everything and be everywhere immediately you have to you have to have building blocks uh, so you do have to start somewhere to, to give you an example again going back to my first videos when I look at getting into digital video and I look at the quality I mean it's horrendous Terry you can't you can hardly watch these the pixelization and, yeah. and everything um, my first podcast which I launched in 2007 maybe yeah 2008 maybe 2007 I got six episodes in, and it was taking up time. The quality wasn't there. I had no clue what I was doing, so I, I abandoned that. But at least I had tried, and I wish I had stuck with it. So I think you just have to pick something that makes sense for you, that, that, you're, that you know, follow people, watch people, study people. I don't think, I don't know about you, but I study. I, I study people, I, I enjoy what they do, their presentation, their content. I even study people that I'm not a big fan of. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's always good to see, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. All right. um, so I think you have to study a lot, and then you have to, you have to try something out and, and give it a shot and, and just start, definitely start somewhere, but you've got to define that on your own.
0: You, you, you talked about the, about the quality, and this is, this is kind of a thing that people get hung up on. It. And, and let me tell you my background. I, you mentioned I have, I have a journalism degree. I have a journalism degree. I come from a radio background. I've owned an advertising agency for 30 years. I've produced thousands of television commercials and thousands and thousands of radio commercials. And I always wanted them to sound a certain way, to look a certain way. I wanted things that popped. I wanted big, bright colors. I wanted them to be perfect but i've come to the conclusion personally and that what we're doing as an individual promoting ourselves that perfection is really not the quality to strive for i've i in, in my opinion i think human humanity authenticity is more important important than perfection and people are willing to to Look past a few glitches in the audio or if the lighting is less than perfect or if I've got uh, bags under my eyes or whatever the, uh, what, what, whatever the flaw is, people, people not only look past those flaws, but they kind of embrace those flaws. And if things are too slick that it doesn't get the attention now, especially on social media… Uh, people will look past it and go, oh, that's just some marketing message. And uh, my friend Mark Schaefer calls it the death of advertising. If it looks like it's advertising, if it's slick and perfect and, and, uh, and, you know, perfectly crafted, then people tend to ignore it. What do you think about that?
1: Well, I'll disagree that that you shouldn't strive for perfection. I I think you should strive for it, but you, you shouldn't not release something just because it's not perfect because you can't achieve perfection. Uh, you can constantly edit a book and make it better. You can, you, everything can be improved. So when you think and act like a media publisher, right, you do want to aim for a high standard and you do want to aim for those details. Uh, but, you ha- but there's a time and an expense to everything that you do. And ultimately, you have to justify that time and the expense. There has to be an ROI on that because you, are, you don't get that time back. So you have to pick and choose your battles of what you're... I release stuff all the time where I'm like, I would love to spend more time on this, but I got to move on and and let things out. Uh, I hear imperfections. There's nothing more imperfect than creativity. <laughs> when when you're in the creative process, you feel how imperfect that it is. But from the outside looking in, the people that were not part of the creative process, they, they won't necessarily notice the imperfection. If you're focused on the details and taking it seriously
0: you, you you mentioned ROI and this is this is a conversation you and I have had multiple multiple times that you 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 create a lot of content and and you're you're super focused on creating content and but actually you would like to be selling more, to be engaging more, to be uh to be, you know, one one to oneing and 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 developing business relationships, but you're you're so focused now on creating the content and you've got so many commitments that you're you're, you're involved in creating the content that you don't have time to do some some of the sales calls that you, you like cold calling and, and, and doing that. And so how do how do you juggle what we're doing and how do you how do you make, make time to make ROI? Such a, such an important question.
1: Uh, when it, I, when it comes to sales, uh, I'm reading a book by Ian Coburn, who was a guest on my show recently. And it, I love the term flip the script because I, my, part of my message has been that everything is marketing. So <clears> the, <throat> Human resources is marketing. Customer service is marketing. Sales is marketing. A lot of people, there's a stigma around the word sales. Right. Uh, advertising is a form of marketing. Campaigning is a form of, of advertising and marketing. What he, what he defines is that sales is a function of customer service. And you should be providing service. That's what sales is. With a very intentional purpose of a transaction where the money is flowing you know, flowing in, in your direction. So if you look at sales as I'm trying to sell you something, okay, I'm trying to I'm trying to give you a product or service in exchange for money, that's a transactional process that is that takes time, it takes talent, it takes skill, it takes practice, and it's not for everybody. But what if you think of strategic alliances that naturally drive revenue? on their own let let the alliance drive revenue for itself now you can focus on what you really need to and want to do so for me i've i'm focused more on strategic alliances that that have a definitive monetization point in them so that i can focus on what i do it doesn't eliminate the process of business development it doesn't eliminate the art of deal making and signing contracts but it's putting a structure in place that that has a monetization built into it so that the money is being made without every individual transaction involving me personally. Yeah. Hopefully that, hopefully that gives you kind of a picture. But uh, again, a car salesman using that analogy is thinking I need to produce videos and content and be a media company so that I can sell you a car. And, that 's really granular, I think a car salesman needs to think of it more as I need to put a, a network in place, an alliance if you will that feeds makes me hunted. you mm-hmm. have to be hunted because if you 're always hunting it 's exhausting you know it 's just as exhausting setting yourself up to be hunted and you can 't ever really stop you know that as well as I do if I stop producing content then no one's going to sit back i mean very few people will sit back and go oh where did ryan go i mean think of the most famous people in the world the artists that you haven't thought of for 20 years you didn't you don't you don't stop because they stopped making music <laughs> yeah. you move on cuz you have yourself to take care of so you i think going back to the whole media you know think think and act like a media publisher is put the structure in place that, that allows money to flow in your direction, you're building the system, you're building the network and content is, is the fuel and the process to make all that possible.
0: All right. So this is the point in the show. Everyone, everyone knows where we are now. The, uh, the get you, the sum and to get you some radio show is health, happiness, and prosperity. And I promise everyone who's, who watches the show, watches the show or listens on uh, iTunes or Stitcher or wherever they might listen to it, or, or goes to my website, that if they'll spend 30 minutes with me running my mouth and chatting with my guest, and, 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 you know, having interesting conversations, because I started this really for a hundred percent, uh, Uh, selfish reasons I wanted to have interesting conversations with interesting people and if they'll listen to me do that that they'll walk away with one thing that they can do in their life today right now as soon as they put down their phone to create health happiness and prosperity in their life in their career with their relationships one thing that will make their lives better to ask every, every guest this one question Ryan what's something they can do today to make their lives better
1: I love that question. I love hearing the different answers. And before I respond, uh, let me just say, hey, it's it's cool to be here, and I thank you for having me because uh, I'm always the host and the and the one asking the questions. And uh, this is a this is a, a new a new a newer experience for me, and I, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, you know, I think it it would be cliche to say just do it because I think we hear that a lot. Just you know. Just do a video, just do a podcast. I think I think that would be cliche. And in, in my wheelhouse and, and with a lot of my content, something that comes up a lot is know your why. Define and understand your why. And I think that ties into having a, a vision, a long-term, a long-term vision for what you're doing and why you're doing it. You need to know how it fits in with your long-term plan. If you don't have that vision, and it's not like what's the, the peanut saying life's what happens while you're busy making plans.
0: Yeah. right. Yeah.
1: You still need to have a plan. My vision for my business today is different from a year ago. And the vision today from two years ago is stark, stark contrast from, so you have to always be thinking ahead of what that plan is and it's write it down, whatever it takes to have that vision and, 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 And just imagine it and write it down and talk about it and share it with people. Don't just have it in your mind. You need to get it out because when you listen to your ideas, when you talk about them with people, it'll sharpen and it'll, it'll sharpen that picture in your mind. And as long as you have that vision and you know how what you're doing fits in, then you can handle everything that comes to you. If you're in a day job working for an employer and you want to have a podcast you need, to, you need to define how that podcast is going to feed your long-term vision and how it doesn't contradict with your day job and how it's a, a st- everything is a stepping stone to where you're going. Remember Steve Jobs in his infamous uh, speech at Stanford's graduation, he says, when you're moving forward, you don't always see how everything's connected. Until you turn around and look behind you, you see how it all connects, right? Right.
0: You can only connect the dots in reverse.
1: Connect the dots. They will connect. I trace everything I'm doing literally back to eighth grade when I was dubbing mixed cassette tapes. And I'd, I'd draw, I hand draw a hand-draw the logo. I had a logo design, and I put the song tracks and all that, and I would give them as gifts to people. I would custom make mixed cassette tapes for people, mostly girls, because they loved it. and Mostly girls. (laughs) Love songs they liked. Um, And it was just, I was giving something to people. You know, I wasn't out selling it. That wasn't my point. Um, But that's a dot for me. That was the very beginning for me of multimedia production.
0: Yeah, the the story is for me, and you know this, I uh, had a journalism degree, and I thought the journalism degree was useless. And uh, I was late to the train, but about seven or eight years ago, I realized that storytelling and the ability to tell my story and other people's stories in, in today's connected economy may be the most valuable skill in the world.
1: I'm with you. I've contemplated going back to school for, jur- for journalism. Uh, I don't have you know professional training or education around journalism, but the way things have evolved for me over the past year, uh, I, I think... And act like a you know a journalist and a media and a media outlet, a media company.
0: If someone wanted to get in touch with the Ryan Girardi Media Corporation, how do they go about doing that?
1: Well, I think the most fun way is to is to just search my first and last name on your preferred search engine. I use DuckDuckGo, uh, but you could Google me as well, and uh, you'll you'll get a lot of information, uh, and you can pick you can pick how you want to. But I'm a big user of LinkedIn. Uh, and so that's a great place to connect with me personally.
0: But DuckDuckGo is your business card. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, people say Google. I've, I've actually made a point to utilize Google search less. Yeah. Because, because when it comes down to it, Google is an advertising platform. It just is. Yeah. And, and so uh, DuckDuckGo is an alternative, and it has been sufficient. I have no complaints. I enjoy using it. And it's not designed to be an advertising platform right now.
0: Ryan, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Appreciate you. Appreciate everyone watching. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Terry. Get you some radio. You've been listening to the Get you Some Radio Show. Subscribe today at terrylancaster.tv to hear more episodes, win valuable cash and prizes, and get free training to help you create an army of buyers who know, like, and trust you before they've ever even met you. It's a big wide world, boys and girls. Get out there and get you some.